Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. We are deep into the 20s. Okay, we're not really. We're at number 19 of the 50 most relevant. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Talking about a guy that for the past few seasons has been a fantasy footy store in every single one of our sides. There's a lot of doubt creeping into the fantasy community about whether or not Jackson McRae can do what he's done for a whole nother season. Joining me to talk about him. It's been about a week since I've got him on. I got the rain man back. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, MJ. Really keen to talk about this guy because I think he's fascinating this year. He's so intriguing for almost any other season. And if you go back to listen, I think he's top five in the 50 most relevant pretty much the past two seasons. But this year he's dropped down a little bit and it's probably for one main reason. And we'll talk about that as we get to it. Let's be honest. It's Adam Trelaw. No other reason should you have doubts or concerns about Jackson McRae beyond him. Because even last year, you look through what was in some light a little down for Jackson in contrast to previous years. He still delivered a huge super coach score, 183 against the Brisbane Lions. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, that same game, his best score for the year, an unadjusted 128. You want to play the adjusted game? We're talking 150 territory. There's one of the biggest scores that we got across the season. But those games are nowhere near what he has delivered as a career best 190 against the tigers back in 2018 for afl fantasy and dream team while gold coast suns is his best ever super coach score back also in 2018 a 189 last year that afl fantasy average was a 90.1 if you want to adjust it it's up over 110 at 112 while in super coach yeah again people think it was a marginally down year and we're talking about a guy who averaged 121 in super coach in that format he's priced just on 650k he's just eight hundred sixty thousand dollars in afl fantasy and just a touch over eight hundred thirty thousand in dream team jackson mccray raymond you just love him as a player like when you own him there's this great sense of comfort that you have that you've got this vice captaincy or captaincy option every single week and even if he's got a slow start to the game which doesn't happen very often you can find yourself at 10 15 points at quarter time but still have that confidence to go that's all right he'll pop in the next quarter and i'll be on track for 100 by half time it really does. You you sit and watch some of those games and, you know, you're the first quarter you haven't seen him. Second and third quarter, you feel like, yeah, he got two or three kicks. And next thing you know, three-quarter time, he's on 92 points. Yeah. It's like, how does that happen? He just gets on the end of chains and he finds so much space. And I think what we started to see with 6-6-6 and slightly diluted last year is the guys with the tanks will just continue to rack up the points. And he's one of those. Yeah, you think about that year where we lost almost a quarter of a game um throughout the year not quite I'm, I'm known to exaggerate rain man you know that um the crows won't finish bottom i'll, I'll get it <laughs> trending mate don't worry it'll totally happen but you think about that he ranked third in the afl last year for disposals 
uh, sorry, second for disposals and third for uncontested possessions. You think about that lack of game time. You think about a guy, even like he or Andrew Gaff, that where do they dominate the game? Yeah, they can. he can get in and under and do the hard stuff as well. We saw that where he finished 17th for total center clearances last year. So we know that he can win the ball on the inside, but it's that work on the outside, getting into space, linking up from the Caleb Daniel pass, the Jason Johannesson running carry, the hunter on the outside where they're both finding space for each other or Bont or Dunkley or Bailey Smith on the inside, him becoming that second touch player. He's got that incredibly well-rounded game. And then when you think it can't get any better, he's still ranked top 20 in the league for score involvements as well. So even for a Bulldogs side that lacked scoring avenues last year, he was still strong and impacting. There's not one area of the game that the guy doesn't deliver for us. No, and, and with that aforementioned tank, he just keeps going as well. So, you know, there's an argument. If, if you wanted to tell yourself the narrative that his score was impacted a little bit last year because of the shorter game time, sure. I think you can make a compelling argument for that. But realistically, and you know, in Supercoach, he dropped two points and still <laughs> averaged over 120 um, in, in, you know, in the limited game time where we saw, you know, potentially some of the scaling in that format went to other uh, other positions yeah. so you know he probably really had a similar year uh, to what he'd had in those years where he was our first pick midfielder off the board it's so true you think about that year 19 tons back in 2019 we'll get to his 2020 year in just a sec 19 tons in super coach 11 over 120 three over 150 and just two scores beneath 80 all year and that average of 123 2019 in afl fantasy he averaged 115 just the two scores sub 80 all year 17 tons nine of them over 120 and a couple of 150s let's delve into what he did just last year in super coach he ranked fifth for total points and averages across the entire format of the game 12 12 tons, six over 130, a crazy three 160 plus scores. And his only score that was below 90 all year came in the final game of the year against the Fremantle Dockers, finishing with that average of 120. While in Fantasy and Dream Team, he ranked 12th for total, uh, seventh for total points, 12th for averages. And again, just delivered ton after ton after ton, both the real time tons, which were rare to get last year. There was a patch of games from round eight to round 13 where he went 102, 114, 106, 128, 76, 104. And again, there's a bunch of 80s either side. In that format, anything that was 80 last year, we were counting as a ton in those formats. So the guy barely disappointed us in that format as well. Outside of round two, where he got a 65, and in that final game that we also mentioned for Supercoach in 60, he only went under 80 twice outside of that. So, and even then, they're early 80s scores so he's barely giving us these stinker scores over not just last year but now multiple seasons so i think if you've played fantasy footy for two or three years you listen to this podcast going cool lads that's fine but there's a big problem that's come for the western bulldogs in the off season and that big problem is another big possession winner and another big boy into that midfield in adam trelaw how do you see this playing out, Rain Man? Because if you see it positively, you have to start him. Almost have to start him. But if you've got concerns, like a lot of people do in the community, they're just wanting no piece of Jackson McRae. Yeah, I think you can... Um, it depends on the story you tell yourself in your head, MJ. It, it's really simple. So uh, I feel like there's a lot of people jumping at shadows in the Western Bulldogs. You know, Trelaw's in. 
Henny Penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> um, they're a high possession team. That's not yeah. going to change. They're going to share that ball around. That's not going to change. Uh, there was a conversation you had, and I think it might have been with Rids earlier in the year, where we kind of talked around what does that Western Bulldogs midfield look like? Yeah. There's there's two constants in there as far as I'm concerned. One is Adam Trelaw is going to play on the ball. He's okay. not going to play anywhere else. Nope. And uh, another guy called Jackson McRae is going to do exactly the same. Now, th- there's probably a fear, because whilst you mentioned the Trelaw piece coming in, there was also, you know, there was a lot of commentary last year that, McRae went out onto the wing when Hunter was out and he sooked. That was, yeah, that was the commentary coming out. Uh, he kind of put his head down. I, I wanted to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. And you know, that I, you know that I love a stat. So yes. had a look. There were two, two lots of four games where Hunter didn't play and McRae uh, obviously did. So in that first lot, around two to five, he was out on the wing a little bit. Yeah. And he averaged 102 across that period of time. You happy with 102? Yeah, I'd, I'd still take that. that. It's, down, yep. it's down from what you want, but it's not horrible, yeah. In the second round when Hunter wasn't around between rounds eight and 11, you talked about some of those numbers before. These are his super coach numbers for those four rounds. 169, 162, 113, 183. Yeah, sounds Aver- like an impacted player there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, average 156. Cool. So, yeah, I'm look, I'm happy to sit here and tell people not to pick him. Um, but I think, you know, he is going to... If he's even if he's out on the wing or he's out a bit wider, he's still mm. going to get the ball. But you, you think of the mix that they've got going through there. Hunter's going to be on a wing. Totally. Potentially, there's a Bailey Smith out on the wing. Yep. There could be a Lipinski out on the wing. You know, there's uh, what what do they want to do with the those kind of back half as well? So Johannesson pinches up there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they've they've got all of these players. Bond will will roll forward. We know that. Mm. Dunkley, who knows? Third ruck. <laughs> um, he he could be anywhere. But yeah, he'll he'll be through the mid, a little bit up forward. He he could be a bit anywhere. But I think McRae and Trador in particular, are, they're just staying in that engine room and they're not moving. I just yeah, I just don't see how he moves anywhere from that place. We know the Bulldogs have this game style that Beveridge loves players that can play multiple positions. And there was a time a few years ago, maybe four years ago, where McRae was playing off that half forward line and pushing up, much like we've seen Lockie Whitfield, Brody Smith, um, even Dustin Martin to a smaller extent do elements of that where they want that penetrating kick inside forward 50. But I don't feel the doggies are in that position where they need him to be that guy anymore. Where is McRae at his best? He's an in and out midfielder who has elite endurance that can get to stoppage to stoppage to stoppage. He can burn opponents on the outside. And when you think who you need to shut down to beat the Bulldogs, it, your attention first and foremost has to go to Marcus Bontempelli. You don't beat the Bulldogs by shutting down a Jackson McRae alone because you're not going to be able to beat him from stoppage to stoppage. Because while yet yeah, he's got good center clearance numbers, he's top 20 in the league. Where does he do the most damage? In an uncontested possession space. How does he do that? With great field positioning and great work rate. And there are not many players that can play the negating role that can stop you're on the outside efficiently and prevent you with body positioning on the inside. So even if you get him in one, he'll just hurt you in the other. And I think that's the other benefit of Trelaw coming in. So mm. one, you know, Bontempelli still is number one. If if they're getting cut up, uh, the opposition is getting cut up on the inside, they're going to go to Trelaw. They're not yeah. going to go to McRae because they just can't catch him. You know, he's got the guts that can just keep on going and going and going. The other thing that I just love about uh, Mr. McRae is his upcoming run early. You know that I love love an early run. Love a fixture. Uh, 
I love a fixture. And he plays Brisbane in round four. And they, uh, you talk about a bunny team. His last six against Brisbane, this is super coach. 183, 155, 135, 156, 162, 121. That's not bad. It's not bad. Round, round two, he does have West Coast who who tend to hold him a little bit. He, he, not, he doesn't go as well there. Yeah. But are you going to try and get cute and go, look, I'm going to avoid him for a couple of rounds then bring him in around three or round four? Good luck trying to do that. You know, uh, just uh, look, you're either going to start with him or upgrade to him, right? He's going yeah. to be in your side at the end of the year. So you've just got to make the call. Are you going to sit and watch and see what Bevo does with the magnets? Yeah, yeah I can see an argument for that. Sure. But at some stage, you're going to need him. I err on the side of I want to start this guy because across those first six games, he could be up around 130 quite easily. No question marks about it. And, and again, you want these multiple options. If you're starting with a premium midfielder, they need to be someone that you feel comfortable putting the vice captaincy or captaincy on more often than not over those first five to six weeks. One of the biggest things that people do is they go, oh, he's a value midfield premium. I go, cool. How many captaincy options do you have in your starting squad? Because if you only have one or two, if those matchups are poor or you get a slight niggle in one of those players, you're trapped in options. Yes, you can't have eight captaincy options to start in your beginning squad. But if you've got at least four, that most weeks that you go, look, the matchup might not be perfect. I could put the captaincy on him. And Jackson McRae for me, even with question marks, I go, he's the kind of player that, as you said, he could pop a 130 average over those first four weeks comfortably. You alluded to that mid-run that he did for us in Supercoach and Dream Team in the middle of the year. If you get that at the start of the year, it becomes the Lockie McRae, uh, not Lockie McRae, Lockie Neal dilemma of the start of the year for us, where coaches are like, it's a little bit over what he normally does. It's a little bit over what he normally does. And now we find ourselves at round five going, I have to pass on him because he's too expensive or I have to sell the farm to get him now. That's the type of player McRae can be. He's damaging, he's scary, and what I like most about him this year is he's unique because people are scared of that midfield mix. Yeah, and who'd have thought we'd be having that conversation? That you know, most people would be not looking at McRae. Um, I think the only other thing that you know may kind of steer you off is his buy. Yeah. He does share share it with a couple of players there, but. Look, I, I think he's got, if you look at the players he shares that buy with, he's probably got just as much upside as any of them. Well, it's, you know, it's probably Lockie Neal, Patrick Cripps, and maybe Zach Merritt are the most yep. relevant big premium midfielders. You could, you know, say maybe a Sam Walsh or an Elliot Yo or, you know, Andrew McGrath. Like you can go as deep into those lists as you kind of like, but they're probably the big three to, to consider. There's nothing in our backs or forward lines there that makes us feel we're so petrified. We, we can't start these multiple premiums through there. Yes, there's some options to consider, but it, it doesn't feel like round 14, where if you don't structure your team right, you could be in absolute catastrophic problems at some point. So look, for me, if someone said, I'm going to upgrade to him because I'm concerned about Trelaw, and again, with only one community series game, we're not going to get much data. So if you're concerned, you can't start. But if you've got no hesitation, if you go, yep, they're getting another 25 to 30 possession player in the game, but it's not going to impact McRae. It might impact the other more fringe guys that will get center bounces or wing rotations, but it won't impact the main guys. If that's what you believe, then you've got yourself a legitimate, unique, 
high scoring captaincy option who has done it for year upon year upon year. And it could just be a great score. And again, like you said, it goes pear shaped. What is up? He's a hundred guy in AFL fantasy. It's a one Oh five in Supercoach. Now that's it going catastrophic. Yeah. You don't want that from your starting premiums, but it's at least a keeper. You've overpaid, but at least it's a keeper. It's not the 80, 85 where you're now going, I, I can't do anything with this. I'm now losing 20 yep. points a game. At least if it's that worst case scenario, y- you can deal with that. Couldn't agree more, MJ. I think, you know, that, that there's a really easy narrative that you can make either way. Yep. You've just got to back it if you're going to make it. Yeah, I think so. All right. Where he goes in drafts. Oh, I'm of the belief that we will see minimal mid-selections in the opening round of any, of any format. I, I think people and, and our friends over at the Draft Doctors, they've got their mock draft simulator up now. I tried a strategy the other day, Rain Man, where I just locked in one forward premium and one defensive premium in the first five rounds. And can I tell you, my forward line especially, it stank. Um, it drops away really quick after that top tier. So because of it, I think a lot of people go early on those rounds. Which round do you think he goes? And will he be someone's M1 or will someone push hard and, and get lucky as an, at an M2 with McRae? Yeah, I think there is merit this year in punting mids as much as I hate that because it's always my strategy to, to, to go heavy on mids early. Mm. Um, but I think I think there's a world where if you're in a 10-team draft, you could get McRae on the turn. Yeah. You really could. Um, if you're talking to your three big defenders, your two rucks, maybe Couple two or three forwards, forwards Lockie Neal, Tom Mitchell, get locked in. If you've got pick 8, 9, 10, 11, mm. you're getting Jackson McRae, yes, I reckon. Um, and if you really wanted to double up, and let's say it's a super coach draft and you got Oliver with pick 9 and McRae with pick 12, yeah, I reckon you are just dancing out of that draft. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so fascinated to see how much the Trelaw edition scares people in drafts because mm-hmm. you're right. He, he was historically a top five candidate across the formats. He's a late first round pick, but I, I see some people getting real lucky with a super late second as well, where they talk themselves out of this gun midfielder. And all of a sudden he goes there. There'll be those that just go, I want no part of the doggies midfield this year. And I get it. I, I actually understand why they believe that. Yep. But I feel like if you're in that middle part of that back of the second round and he's still sitting on the board, it feels wrong to say you're winning the draft in the second round, but you feel like you are. If you've locked away your Grundy, your Whitfield, your Lloyd, even a side bottom or a Dunkley, or you know maybe for some that's too high or a Dangerfield, and you've got that middle portion of the draft pick and then you can counter that with McRae at pick 15 or 16, Wow, that, that's a great M1 in your second round. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know many that will go in the first round for fear, but in the second round, go nuts. And if he slides yeah. later than that, snack some people upside the head because he's just too good. Yep, get me in those drafts. Yes, please. Uh, we, we, we want tickets to those drafts. Hey, Rain, man, <laughs> appreciate your work today as we've talked about the great man, Jackson McRae. Great to chat again, MJ.
If you want to go and read the article on Jackson, it is online now for it, coachespanel.tv. All the other players we've revealed so far, there are articles for them and the links for the podcast. Well, you can get them the same way you're listening to this one as well. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, your Google Podcasts, or you're listening online at coachespanel.tv. They are all there. New podcast landing every single day with different members of the fantasy footy community. We've had some great guests along so far. Stevie Fizz and Statesman from the Draft Doctors. We've had the Phantom from Super coach numerous members of the coaches panel kane tim rids louie um benny gogos of course but tomorrow a new friend to the coaches panel he's on board i'm not going to tell you too much about why this guy's on because it'll probably give it away but if you're a super coach player you know the name of lek dog he's on tomorrow I wonder which person he might really be keen to talk about. Yeah.